Welcome to church. My name is Kirsten. For those of you who don't know me, I am the Connections Pastor here at Bethel, and I get the opportunity to speak this morning. Jer's on vacation, so you get me today. We're going to have a good time. Do we have any runners in the house? Anybody love running? Anybody? Like a couple? Has anybody here ever run a marathon? Okay. Two, three, couple people have run a marathon. So I love the idea of running. You know, I like love the idea of getting up early in the morning and going for a run, starting my day with a good 10K. You know, I love the idea of running and finishing a marathon. But then I decide that I'm going to try. And I get up in the morning and I put on my shoes and I go for a run and I realize that I can't run for more than a minute without having to stop and walk because now I have a cramp and I've got shin splints. For some reason I can't breathe and I feel like I'm going to throw up. So I turn around and I go home. Anybody else? Anyone? And then a couple months later you're like, oh, I could totally run now and you try again and you still feel like throwing up. What about in other areas of your life? Maybe for you it's not running, uh, but maybe it's a different sport or activity. Uh, maybe for you it's eating healthy. Maybe it's something at work or a relationship that you have, and you get into this cycle of thinking, I want to do this thing that's going to take so much time and so much effort, and I want to be good at it now, and when I'm not, I quit. You know, I think as followers of Jesus, we fall into this cycle often. And I'm sure that there's probably a lot of us in this room or watching online who have been running this race of faith, and it feels like we're in the exact same place as we started, or worse. You know, we get excited about our faith after a Sunday morning, after a conversation with a friend, maybe at a conference or a retreat like you saw in the video. We leave feeling encouraged, we're moving along, and then something happens. Something in our relationships, something at work, with family, some kind of health crisis. And instead of pushing through with our faith and doing the hard work of leaning on God, we bail, we go back to our old ways of dealing and coping with hard things, and we just leave God out of it. You know, suddenly we realize that we're in the same place with our faith as when we started. How often do we go through a hard time and realize that our faith has no endurance? The Bible refers to our faith as a race that we run as followers of Jesus often. And usually when something is repeated often in scripture, it's something that the Holy Spirit really wants us to get. And so this morning we're going to be looking at the race of faith what it looks like for us, what it means to run it, and how we can build the endurance that we need to run it for our entire lives. So today we're going to look at Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 to 2. And here, the author of Hebrews is writing to a group of people who are facing oppression and persecution for their faith in Jesus. The Hebrews were a group of Jews who had heard the good news of Jesus, his death and his resurrection, and chosen to follow him. 
and they were facing persecution for this, and many of them had started to think or believe that maybe the persecution was punishment from God from turning away from their traditional beliefs growing up Jewish. They were weary, and they wanted to give up. But the author is writing to encourage them to continue to push on in their faith, to look forward to all that God had for them. Throughout the book of Hebrews, the author is teaching from the Old Testament. So he's teaching the things that this group of people would have grown up learning, things that they would have known since they were children, and using that and pointing to Jesus. How everything that they had grown up learning actually was leading them to the person of Jesus Christ. And so we get to Hebrews 12, verse 1, and it says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. Let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Now, if you've been around the faith for really any amount of time, you may know or have known somebody whose faith seems unshakable. I remember growing up and my great-grandmother was such an incredible woman of faith. And she passed when I was still young, but I remember this game that my siblings and I used to play when great-grandma would come over. And she'd be sitting in a chair by the hallway and we would run around the whole house. And the goal was to not get caught by great-grandma because if you got caught by great-grandma, she'd pull you into her lap and she would tell you story after story after story. And I remember that each time I did get caught, because for some reason it was always me that got caught, I would get caught, grandma would pull me into her lap and start telling me a story about Jesus. It would be some story about how God had showed up in her life when she needed him most, how he had come and how he had changed things that she was going through. And I remember thinking as a kid, sitting on her lap going, how do I get out of this story? How do I get to go play the game again? I don't want to be sitting here. But she would talk about Jesus because she loved him so much. And she would tell about the things that she had been through in her life and how each time she relied on Jesus and he got her through it. She was such a witness to enduring faith in Jesus. And now that I'm older and I'm running the same race of faith, I think about my great-grandma and I start to wonder what it is that I need to do in order to build an endurance like she had. You know, as people, we know that life is not easy, life's not fair, and that life throws incredibly difficult things at us. And as followers of Jesus, we are not exempt from those things. But we have a hope in Jesus that will carry us through. A hope that we can cling to. But how many of us have gone through something hard and realized that leaning into Jesus is a lot harder than it looks. That it's way more difficult than we think. And it feels easier to just bail on the whole Jesus thing and go back to the way that we used to deal with things. You know, the unhealthy 
harmful ways of coping with life, and it leaves us feeling depressed, alone, isolated, and even more hurt. Well, the author of Hebrews lays out exactly how we build endurance to run this race of faith for our entire lives so that when we do reach those valleys and we do reach those hard times, we don't bail on Jesus, but instead we get to be formed to be more like him. We get to walk even closer with God and he gets to carry us through. We get to walk out in the plans and the purposes that he has for us, no matter how hard those things may be. So here's how the author of Hebrews tells us to build endurance. The first thing is look at the witnesses. Verse one says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith. Now these witnesses that the author is referring to are not just spectators. He's not talking about the other believers who are standing by and just watching what we choose to do with our faith. It's not referring to spectators that are gonna judge every little thing that you do and say that they could have done it better. Have you ever watched sports with someone who just loves the game that they're watching? They're getting excited, they're screaming at the TV, they're saying, oh, I could have done that, they should have done this, does the ref even have eyes? <laughs> that one's my favorite. But this is not what is being referred to here. This huge crowd of witnesses that the author of Hebrews is referring to is to the people of faith that have gone before and now bear witness to the goodness and the faithfulness of God. People who have gone before and endured through the race of faith. And even though they experienced the hardships that life brought, they were able to keep the faith. The previous chapter of Hebrews talks about the heroes of faith. The witnesses that are referred to in the beginning of chapter 12, this cloud of witnesses are the people of the Old Testament who by faith walked out in obedience to what God had for them. Romans 15, 4 says, such things were written in the scriptures long ago to teach us. And the scriptures give us hope and encouragement as we wait patiently for God's promises to be fulfilled. The things written in the Bible are there to teach us. They're there to instruct us, to encourage us as we run our race of faith. The stories of people of faith are an encouragement to us to keep moving forward that God will continue to show up and that it is possible to endure. By faith, Abel offered his best to God. By faith, Noah built the ark. By faith, Abraham offered up his son Isaac on the altar and God provided a ram. By faith, Moses left Egypt, the only place he had ever known. And by faith, Rahab the prostitute helped the spies. By faith, by faith, by faith, countless stories, countless lives of faith who endured. Some of them received the promises of God while on earth and others didn't. Some of them received the promises of God in heaven, but they all endured. We can look back on the Bible of the stories of the people who endured and we can have our faith be built up by the testimony of those who have gone before us. The second thing is you look at yourself. Let us strip off every weight that slows us down, 
especially the sin that so easily trips us up and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. If you watch people who are training for a marathon, you'll notice that they probably have some gear on while they practice. They probably have a water bottle strapped to them somewhere, somewhere for their phone to go, maybe a snack with them. But when they're running the actual marathon, they don't carry anything. They get rid of anything that could hold them down, that could hinder their performance, you know, anything that could cause them to have any problems. UFC fighters and boxers and bodybuilders all shed as much weight as possible before a competition or a fight. So what weight are you carrying into your relationship with Jesus? What are you carrying that needs to be put aside or given to Jesus? And these things may not necessarily be sins. These could be things that you're still holding onto from your past. These could be distractions, could be a relationship, could be as simple as social media or TV. Things that are getting in the way of you building endurance in your faith. These are weights that are holding us back from walking in fullness with Jesus. So maybe this morning you're sitting here thinking about those exact weights that you've been holding on to. Maybe you're thinking of that exact friend who keeps pulling you away from Jesus. Maybe you're thinking of that thing that you know you spend way too much time doing that could and should be spent with Jesus. Maybe you're thinking about all of the ways that you get distracted away from Jesus, and I would encourage you to daily lay those things down at the feet of Jesus. In Matthew 16, 24, Jesus says, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. Following Jesus means laying aside every weight, laying aside our desires, what we want for ourselves, what we have planned, what we think is best, and we often think we know what is best. And allowing Jesus to guide and direct our lives according to his plans and purposes for it. The second part of looking at yourself is recognizing what sin we need to repent of. The author of Hebrews doesn't specify what sin in this passage. Uh, he could be referring to many or could be referring to specifics. Uh, and most commentary writers have landed on the sin of unbelief. Not believing that God will come through. Not believing that God is going to follow through on what he has said or promised. Not trusting that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Not trusting that he's going to move. And I think that unbelief is a huge problem for the church today. I think that it is unbelief that makes us bail on the race of faith. I think that it is unbelief that makes us give up and walk away from Jesus. And I get that we can be discouraged when we don't think that God is moving. We can get frustrated when our prayers aren't being answered the way we want them to be. We can be confused and we can question how and if God is working in a situation, but we have to be so careful about unbelief. It was unbelief that kept the Israelites out of the promised land. God had promised the Israelites in the Old Testament that he would give them a land flowing with milk and honey. But when they arrived, it was occupied by a group of people that they thought were scary. 
God told them that he was going to give them the land and that he would drive out the people that were occupying it. But the Israelites didn't believe that he would. Despite all of the times that God had showed up, despite God bringing them out of slavery in Egypt, despite the countless times he provided manna and water in the wilderness, no matter how many times God showed up for them, they didn't believe that he could do this. They had to wait for an entire generation to die before they could move in to the promised land. The generation that had been given the promise missed out on it because of their unbelief and unwillingness to walk in obedience to God. How often do we do the same thing? How often do we doubt that God is gonna come through even though he's done it before? How often do we not trust the word of God even though we've seen it be trustworthy before? I think that we easily fall into unbelief. We need to repent of our unbelief this morning. He is the same God as he was yesterday. He is the same God who showed up in the Old Testament. He is the same God who has come through and done a work in your life before. And he is the same God who will come through on his promises to you. Just endure. It may not be in this life, but we have an eternity to look forward to where all promises will be fulfilled, where you will experience healing and wholeness, and you will be with Jesus face to face. The third thing is we look to Jesus. It says we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. We need to look to Jesus. We need to trust Jesus. This goes along so well against the problem of unbelief. We need to trust that he will follow through on his promises because he will. Jesus is the initiator of our faith. He is the reason that we're even able to have a relationship with God. Through his coming as a baby and his death on a cross and his resurrection, he made a way for us to be in relationship with God again. He is the perfecter of our faith. It is only by him that we can become more like him, that we can become closer to him, that we can endure through anything on this earth. Jesus was not unfamiliar with enduring. While he was on earth, he endured being ridiculed, tempted, whipped. He endured being betrayed by his friend. He endured the worst form of torture through death on a cross. It was his faith in God his Father that allowed him to endure. Not once did Jesus use his divine identity to help himself out of a painful circumstance. Instead, he endured. The term by faith is used 21 times in chapter 11 of Hebrews. It was by faith that the people in the Old Testament endured. It is by faith in Jesus that we also can endure, that we can keep the faith. The hope that Jesus brings, because he endured on the cross, is what allows us to move forward in difficult times. Enduring is moving forward. 
moving closer to Jesus, closer to who he is, closer to the author and perfecter of our faith, closer to what he has for us, closer to eternity with him. When we keep our eyes on Jesus, it doesn't allow for other things to take our attention. When we keep our eyes on Jesus and we focus in on what he is saying, where he is leading, what he has for us, we can endure through hard times. We can move forward because we can see the goal. We can see the finish line. We can see Jesus. Jesus is the goal. Jesus is where we are going, who we are moving towards. We far too often bail when it gets hard. And we start over wondering why our relationship with Jesus is the same now as years ago or worse. Pete Scazzaro is a pastor and author of the book Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. And in this book, he has a chapter called Journeying Through the Wall. The idea of it is that throughout our lifetime, we will have experiences like, that feel like a wall. Something hard will happen and we, are, we will feel like we are stuck where we are and we can't get past it. A crisis of faith. The idea is that we are stuck and we need to make our way through the wall. But getting through the wall is hard. And it takes time and patience. Sometimes it is the sheer size of the wall that makes it feel like we can't get through it. But most of the time, it's a problem of endurance. Journeying through the wall will take time, but on the other side, if we endure, is a fruitful, deep, long-lasting relationship with Jesus that just keeps getting better. But often, we don't endure, and we don't journey through the wall in front of us. Instead, we turn around and we try another path. The problem is that we still come to the wall on that path and every other path that we try. And if we haven't learned to endure, we get stuck in this cycle of trying a new way but never actually getting anywhere. We have to endure. We have to do the hard work. And if we don't and we bail, we never move forward into what God has for us. Now don't hear what I'm not saying. I am not saying that you have to do all of this stuff to be saved. That is what Jesus did on the cross. It is done. Your sin is paid for. And if you call on the name of Jesus and repent, you are saved and you are forgiven. But there is a life of fullness and purpose and walking in relationship with Jesus that is waiting for you to take part in. So how do we endure? What are some practical ways that can help us to build the spiritual muscles of endurance that will help us, by faith, endure tomorrow, endure the next week, endure the next year? How do we build endurance to help us to continue to be walking with Jesus in 10, 20, 50 years from now? We have three ways that can help us build endurance. One, spend time in the Word of God. We spend time in the Bible, we learn, we read, we begin to understand who God is and what he has for us. We learn from those who have gone before us in the Old Testament. We become encouraged by the stories of people of faith. 
We gain a better understanding of who God is and what his plan for us is. Number two, we spend time in prayer. We spend time talking with God, spending time in his presence, allowing him to speak to us that we can learn his voice. We spend time repenting and praying for people around us, lamenting, praising God. We sit in silence to allow the Holy Spirit to speak clearly to us, to grow closer and closer to Jesus. Three, we spend time in community with other believers being encouraged. We aren't meant to run this race of faith alone. We are running it together. We need community to encourage us as we run. We need people who are gonna run beside us. We need people who maybe are gonna carry us for the next mile. We are not running alone. That is why church is so important. That is why life groups are so important. That is why friends are so important. And you can absolutely be a follower of Jesus and not attend a church, but man, is it so incredible to have a community of people running beside you when you feel like you can't anymore. To push you, to pray for you, to build you up, to give you water and one of those electrolyte gel things to keep you going. We need people. And so we start small. I'm not expecting us to all go home today and by tomorrow have a vibrant prayer life, read the entire Bible, and have it all figured out. Each one of these takes time. When people train for a marathon, they go little by little. They work their way up. There may be times when they're injured and have to recover. They may be sick. They may take a vacation and lose some progress. But it's not perfect, but it's building endurance. They keep going, little by little, so that when the wall comes, when the hard things in life come, they can keep going because of the endurance that they've built. Building endurance helps safeguard us from falling away from Jesus during our lifetime. My prayer today is that everyone in this room will run with endurance, that we would begin to build our faith so that when we experience the hardships of life, the endurance is there, that when our brothers and our sisters face their walls, we are there running beside them, that parents would model for their children what it looks like to run with endurance. That we would be a church that is made up of faithful people who will run the race that God has put before them. That we would reach the ends of our lives and have kept the faith. That we would daily set aside any weight that is holding us back that we would daily repent of the sins that are holding us back from Jesus, repenting of the unbelief, that we would look to Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, and that we would endure. I'm gonna invite the band to come back up, and if you're able to this morning, would you stand with me? If you are here this morning, and you have not made the decision to follow Jesus, but something today has made sense to you, 
Maybe you're feeling a pull on your heart to make that decision to follow Jesus. I want to give you an opportunity this morning to make that decision. So I'm just going to ask everyone to close their eyes. It's nothing weird. Uh, It just makes people feel a little more comfortable to respond. But if that's you this morning, and you would say, I've been running, and I feel like I'm in the same place. I want to follow Jesus. Maybe you have walked away from Jesus, and this morning you feel like you need to come back, and you need to start again. Would you just put your hands up this morning so I can see you? I would love the chance to get to pray for you this morning. Thank you. I see you. It's good. We're going to pray this morning. Jesus, we thank you, God, for your goodness and your faithfulness. Jesus, we thank you that we can endure through hard times, that through your death on the cross, God, and your resurrection back to life, we have a hope in Jesus that we can hold to, that will get us through even the darkest of valleys in this life, Lord, that we can look to you and know that you are going to be walking with us, Lord, that you are going to be pulling us through. And Lord, I just pray this morning for everyone who put their hand up to choose to follow you this morning. God, I thank you for those people. God, I thank you for the work that you are doing in their lives. Jesus, would you continue to speak and would you continue to move, Lord? Would you make yourself so present and known to everyone in this room, Lord? God, would we begin to build our endurance? Jesus, would we take the time to spend in your word? God, would we take the time to spend in prayer with you? And God, would we be a community who is daily laying down the weights and the sins that are holding us back? God, that we can look to you and continue to move forward, running this race of faith together, Jesus. God, we thank you for all that you are doing here, Lord. And we thank you for all that you are going to continue to do as we continue to run this race of faith, Lord. And we thank you, Jesus, in your name.